Hi. Welcome to our podcast. We are watching. And so this week we're watching Poltergeist. Poltergeist. I kind of wish Poltergeist had like a theme because I feel like all the others had like music or something similar. Um, Like, I mean, The Exorcist has tubular bells and Your Next had that terrible song on repeat um from the beginning that like just continues the cameo throughout the whole movie and um what were some of the other ones that we watched I feel like there are themes for a lot of oh psycho psycho you don't even need a song you have the (laughs) (laughs) like everything every single one of these movies has had like some sort of musical interlude except for this one yeah I feel like the music in this was definitely like you don't even have to be in the room and you'll, you'll know it's a Steven Spielberg film just because the music is like, you know, kind of cheery and happy. No, it's so true. It's so true. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. Wow. We just watched Poltergeist. Made in 1982, right? Is that correct? Am I wrong? Uh, I I don't know actually off the top of my head. <laughs> Hang on. I I'm fine. Yes, 1982. You crushed it. I'm, I'm so, so good proud. at this game. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we've alternated. I like if one doesn't know, the other one usually does. Oh yeah. And um at the library, we're gonna be doing our our next virtual trivia is um Brooklyn Nine Nine. And our, a lot of our questions are numbers-based. So oh. I have not finished watching Brooklyn Nine-Nine, but a lot of it, I was, I'm like, I'm really good at numbers guessing games, apparently, because I can just shoot off the number. And my <laughs> coworker was like, why are you right about that? <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. I've never, believe it or not, I've never actually watched Brooklyn Nine-Nine. It's delightful. It is very oh. delightful. All right. Well, I, I'll say I'll put it on my list, but I have like so many things on my list that it's probably never going to happen. And but. it's like, what, eight seasons now? So, oh my God. <laughs> and it's one of those network TV shows too, where there's like 20 something episodes in a mm-hmm. season. Oh my God. There's no way. There's no way. <laughs> I love you. I support your endeavors. I will not be watching this. That's I don't fine. think. That's completely fine. <laughs> <laughs> um. Cool. So how did we feel about Poltergeist? You, you go first because you know how I feel. Well, going into it, I was expecting 80s cheese and I kind of got some of that, but I really, really like this movie. Like I really enjoyed myself throughout the entire thing from start to finish. Loved it. Yay. So you, yay, so you can't see me, but I was like sat up really straight. <laughs> She's clapping her hands. <laughs> I love Poltergeist. I love it. I love it. And the thing is, as I was re-watching it, because of course I did for the sheer joy of it. Um, also, because I said I was going to step up my game this week. <laughs> um, so I was re-watching it and I was like, I love this movie. I, feel like I hadn't forgotten how much I loved it. I still love, but I still loved it just as much watching it this time as I did when I was much, much younger watching it. Um, yeah. Oh yeah, I can definitely tell that this is a movie that it doesn't get better with age, but it definitely ages well. Yeah. Or you could watch it every year or every five years and it would still hold up. I, it, like, I feel like everything about this movie is just like, it's, it's a classic. A hundred percent. It is. It's a classic from like the family dynamics to the acting, to like the comedy, to which there are interludes of comedy, uh, which I, I mean, you know, I love a good campy horror film anyway, um, but I love the interludes of comedy. Uh, even the special effects, like, aren't bad enough to not have aged well. No. Which is unprecedented. Like, don't get me wrong, they still look older, but like somehow the like grainy texture to the film in general of it being older, the special effects kind of blend in and mm-hmm. they feel pretty authentic regardless. Oh, yeah. So, Maybe Poltergeist, it. the general synopsis. You want to give that over to us, Lex? Yeah, hit me. Uh, <laughs> so, Poltergeist. Uh, 
long story, very, 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 very short. Um, a real estate salesman and his family live in a new development, um, the Freeling. It's the mother, father, played by a very, um, very young Frankie Nelson, who, wow, forgot about him. <laughs> uh, forgot about him for a hot minute. Uh, and their three children, the eldest teen daughter, teenage daughter, um, and then their two younger children. Um, for some reason, the boy's name is escaping me, but their daughter, Carol Ann. Robbie. Robbie, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Uh, so uh, <laughs> pretty early on into the movie, um, their youngest daughter, Carol Ann, is kidnapped into the spiritual world inhabited or I shouldn't say inhabited by their TV because that's, that's incorrect, but uh, there is in fact a interdimensional portal accessible through their TV, particularly in moments of static. Uh, for those of you who are too young to know or remember, once upon a time, the TV time did end. Mm -hmm. um, I know it's 24 hour TV now, but uh, way back in the day, TV just ended at like 10 p.m. or midnight or something like that. Uh, somewhere between that time period. I know my mom once mentioned it and I just like don't remember. And I remember my TV going off. I just don't really recall when that would have happened. I, anyway, I feel like is, a lot of us have PTSD about that song. Like you just hear it and I was like, oh God, it's 3 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so anyway, the point is, is it used to be that the, an the, the anthem would play and TV was done. Um, it was just the grainy static until the morning broadcast. So their daughter, Carol Ann, in that interval between sleeping and waking, uh, when the TV people come to find her, is kidnapped into a non-corporeal realm between life and death. Uh, and their house begins to manifest a series of hauntings, poltergeists, whatever you'd like to call them. Uh, it starts out pretty harmless, just some chairs rearranging themselves, and becomes a full-on fucking catastrophe wherein, <laughs> again, their daughter is hanging in the balance of life and death, um, trying to guide some spirits that are being held back by a demon called the Beast. Um, in attempting to get their daughter back, the Freelings encounter a whole host of interesting characters who are going to essentially exercise their house um led by the tiniest and most adorable uh and yet so fierce human uh played by the one the only zelda rubenstein um <laughs> and she leads them into a very chaotic very cathartic uh i guess exorcism against the house wherein they reclaim their daughter uh, only to realize that uh, the hauntings have not stopped because they did in fact create their new housing development upon a cemetery, <laughs> but not just any cemetery, particularly a Native American burial ground, <laughs> a very spiritually active Native American burial ground wherein they move the headstones, but not the bodies. If you have in fact seen the movie, you'll know Craig T. Nelson, the only moment of poor acting in that whole film where Craig T. Nelson's like, you moved the headstones, but not the bodies. Ah, like he literally loses his shit. And it's like the only moment of bad acting in the whole film, which is why. It made me laugh, but also like, it's truly like, you idiot shithead. Why would you only move the tombstones and not the bodies? Like I have a note on it in my, in my phone where it's like, you, he goes, you son of a bitch, you move the headstones, but not the bodies. <laughs> 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 he goes like iterations of it before he like breaks down crying. <laughs> he says it so many times, but I was like, this is a lot. Like It was great. If anyone... <laughs> I uh, know I that's I the only it. moment for me where I'm like why you could have said literally anything else you could have been like what the fuck like, <laughs> you, could have, you could have like completely lost his, his mind I thought it was and, like, perfect I was like this nonsense. is delightful well, uh that is our synopsis for uh for poltergeist I guess we should have mentioned ahead of time that there are spoilers there are so. lots of spoilers there are always spoilers 
<laughs> we'll have to put that in the description. Always spoilers. Always spoilers. spoilers. Five ever. Hashtag always. Uh, hashtag always. Um, so yes, uh, this movie, this movie. Um, I have a lot of things I can say about this movie. So why don't we let you start? Okay. <laughs> well, I, again, I didn't, I don't think I knew that this movie was directed by Steven Spielberg. So as soon as his name flashed on the screen, I was like, I am in for a treat. I am (laughs) for a delightful treat. And I really loved it. Like, overall, like you said earlier, the special effects are a little bit aged, but there were even some of them, it still gives you that existential dread that you talked about in The Exorcist, where it's really just like, I don't care that that's an animatronic person peeling, quote unquote, peeling away his skin that dread is instilled inside of you where you're like, that's horrifying where you just look up and you're just like, and my skin's coming off now. Like the way that they presented that was like the pure terror was present throughout the whole movie. And especially because they were dealing with spirits in other dimensions, but a close enough dimension that they can take bodies like that is terrifying. And I think Zelda Rubenstein really like sold her role as being like, I understand what's going on and you guys need to fucking figure this shit out. <laughs> I love her so much. I texted Alexia and I was so excited. I just screamed, Zelda Rubenstein, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the thing is, first and foremost, I'm going to like quickly jump back to the special effects. Mm-hmm. um like towards the end when they think it's getting better and it's not and that like that like creepy long-faced demon thing that's like heart saber tooth tiger part like it's not a, it's not a saber tooth tiger but it's got like the um the weird hinged spider legs mm-hmm. but then the long face um that demon in itself I was like oh I thought it was so well done um or like the people's spirit like the souls where they just see the light that was so coming down like yeah I felt like that was incredibly well done um and even them like coming out of when they like fall down through the portal the way they did the portal the way they fall down through the portal like even how just the light comes up out from the the um closet like the way that they started all of that it felt very realistic in the way that you like the light starts to come out of the closet and all of a sudden it's just like blinding fantastical thing but it started out like a very natural looking light if that makes sense it really did or the tree coming in the window it didn't feel like it was superimposed on anything or photoshopped it really felt like when you're in that room that's where that is where the light's coming from and this is the source of like it didn't look it was supernatural, but it didn't look unnatural to the entire effect, you know, if that makes right. sense. It wasn't whatsoever. <laughs> I never no, felt like I, mean, I was like, okay, that that's obviously green screen or that's obviously, you know, this or that. It was truly like, oh, they're in the room and th- this is where the portal is. Right. Well, think about like the Star Wars films that were like one of those was made around the same time, wasn't it? Yes. Is it? Episode six? Oh. What? Uh. <laughs> we both had our thinking faces. We're like, oh, good, we're don't, failures. <laughs> don't quote me. Okay, um, episode five came out in 80. Five. And so I would assume that episode six would have come out, you know, around the same time. Point being, like, special effects at that time, now looking back at a lot of them, you're like, oh boy. Um, but I don't look back at Poltergeist and be like, oh boy, that did not do well. Um, and for the record, that scene, that whole scene with one of the um, like ghost hunter, essentially humans, like, it's very, um, it's very paranormal activity oh, yeah. uh, where they like all come in with their equipment um, by like that scene with him and the rotting maggoty meat and him pulling his flesh off, I actually had to act, I knew him pulling his flesh off was coming, and it has always bothered me. I watched this movie as a young person, and was, like, equally terrified, like, my mom had to tell me when it was over, because I had my eyes closed, like, <laughs> there is something about 
skin you know I hate and like that in itself like eating disgusting agony meat or like pulling your face off Oh my god! No, I was very impressed with oh. the rotting meat effect because it really does look like the meat is just kind of imploding or exploding on itself, and you know he literally just drops the nugget and suddenly there's maggots all over it, and you're like, oh god, oh god, yeah, the, oh. it was just dread throughout oh. the entire thing. In so dirty, it was it was really well done. So dirty, um. And then to flip back to Zelda Rubenstein. Um, we can always that, get to Zelda. Love her. I know, right? Oh, she's perfection. But my that whole like little section when she's preparing to go through the portal and uh, the mom's like, what are you doing? And she's like, I'm going in that, that, that like a one line is so heavily quoted by my family now because like, I mean, again, I saw this movie when I was very young. My mom was like, oh, it's really good. You're going to like it. Also, Karen, what the heck? Karen introduced me to a lot of these. Um, So, you know, if she wonders why I like the weird murder mayhem stuff, it's her fault. Um, I love you. I love you, mom. We love Karen so very much. We love Karen. (laughs) We love that she was just encouraging of this, but also like she was unfazed. She's always unfazed. Um, I was the one as a kid, like, crying in a corner like oh my god she's like laughing hysterically because she thinks it's funny (laughs) I'm like who are you um I mean now I'm like that now not like that I'm laughing because I'm not I like try to entrench myself as much as possible but anyway point being um yeah when she's like I'm going in after we quote that constantly but the very best thing of that whole like like it's very funny but What's even funnier is how it's followed up where the mom's like, well, have you done it? Like, I know I'm going to go. And she's like, you haven't done this before. And the woman's like, well, neither have you. (laughs) I know that was so great. (laughs) You go. And she's, she literally, like her face just goes, oh shit, you're right. (laughs) She's like, you're right. You go. Oh my God. (laughs) Um, Another funny moment in that movie, which like I never caught in any of my many watchings where I, I maybe I was too young the first couple of times that I saw it to really understand what it meant. But at the very end, when the mom's like, no, we're not going to stay in this house another night. We're going to that motel on like whatever highway. And the teenage daughter is like, Oh, I remember that place. And the mom's I, like, wait, what? And she's like, I made a note about that. I was like, what the fuck did Dana do? What the fuck was Dana doing? Like, she was like, I'm going to go to a friend's house the entire time. And now it's just like, yeah. Did you go to a friend's house? Oh, it's again. Never addressed it ever again. I know. Well, I mean, it, it was obviously for, for like comedic effects. But yeah, when she ever dreamily is like, oh, I remember that place. And you're just like, wait, what? What have you done, Dana? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, she was absentee like most of the movie. Yeah. So, I mean, they were cl- at least quickly, they were like, we are getting the children out of this situation as much as possible. Dana, yeah. go fucking go on a date. We don't even care if they <laughs> get her. Like, we don't give a shit. Just get out of the house because we don't want you in this. And then they're like, mm, Robbie can go here and there in the grandma's house. And he's yeah, just kind of like all over the place. But yeah, as soon as Caroline got sucked up, they were like, we have to protect the others too, which I feel like is lost in a lot of other movies. Like when we watched The Conjuring where they're just like, let's just, I mean, they had to keep all their kids together because once you separate them, it's harder. But honestly, like get yeah. them to grandma's house or something, get them out of that situation, please. I know. Um, and that's, that's the thing. Like it was, like I said, it was very real family dynamics. Like even at the beginning where like the kids are doing their thing and the parents are getting high in their bedroom, like having a grand time. I know. I know. And then the kids come, like, you know, Robbie comes in and is like, I'm worried. And they're all like, oh, honey. But I'm like, they're just, they have no idea what's going on either. No one has any idea ever about anything. But that's partially why I really like this movie is because the kids act like kids and they say things kids would say. It's not like... Mm -hmm a script written by an adult where they're guessing what kids sound like or they're yeah. putting like a childlike voice onto an adult script this this movie was truly like this is how kids talk and it really enhanced the experience of like 
this is how a child reacts to this trauma. Yeah, or even just like uh, Robbie and Dana like fighting at the kitchen table. Yeah, and the girls are and like, like yeah. the girls are like a stupid name, but it's not like you're a poo-poo head cootie queen or something like stupid like that. It's yeah. truly like a child like running off the cuff of like what they think is a yeah an insult. Exactly. No, a hundred percent. Um, especially given like the larger age difference between Dana and then Robbie and Carol Ann, like yeah. And my first, my very first note that I felt like I had to write down, I didn't write anything down until this happened in the movie. And then this line came up and I was like, hold the fuck up. Hang on just a second. Hold on. (laughs) I haven't even heard it, but I'm already laughing. (laughs) It's when the dad is talking to the team when he's like, when they're interviewing him, when he's trying to present his case. And he mentions that his wife was 16 when they had Dana. And I went, stop. <laughs> what? And he's like, she's 31 or 32. Cause he doesn't remember. He has no idea, <laughs> but no. clearly like teenage no pregnancy or whatever. But I'm just like, wait, hold on a second. <laughs> what? No wonder they act like, yeah. It, it made me put myself in a, a headspace where I'm like, oh shit, that's my age. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. And that's the thing, like, it's so funny looking back on this as an adult, because, like, as a kid, I was like, those parents are really irresponsible. Mm -hmm. And now as an adult, I'm like, oh, my God, those parents, like, they were doing the best that they could. They did a really (laughs) good job. They were very young. I mean, they, you get high in bed and your kids are, like, down the hall, but, you know, they took care of them. They fed them. I, I liked their parenting style because they were clearly, like, do what you want as long as you're not hurting somebody. <laughs> well, I think it was too, like, you know, they're, the kids are old enough to do things on their own, but you still have, like, like with the inception of the storm, the night that Carol Ann is essentially, you know, um, really sees the TV people, as it were, like, enter the, like, space above their headboard. Um which just like what in the what? When I, I remember the first time seeing that, being like, oh no! Um, again, much younger, but um, you know, even that moment, like the storm had come, and of course, you know, it starts with like, oh, you'll be fine, and then all of a sudden, you flash to them, and it's like the two kid, youngest kids in the bed with the parents, and you're like, yep, that yep. that tracks. <laughs> that tracks. You know, it's, this is how you solve that. Problem. It tracks. Literally. But I so, really like you do. The dad was like both parents were very involved with any everything where. You know, when the dad had to go do like damage control with Robbie, you know, he did it very well. Like um, yesterday I was over at um, our friends, Denny and Vanessa's house. And Denny is co-host of our pod friend podcast, uh, Movies for When. And <laughs> we were watching a movie for his show, which is called Monster Squad. And, yes. Okay. Sorry. I'm done. Uh, Continue. Many thoughts. First time ever watching it, but... <laughs> The dad in that movie, again, very quintessential 80s movie, but the dad in that movie is a complete shithead. Absolute fuck up asshole territory where the mom is literally like, I need help. I need assistance parenting and co-parenting. And he's like, I'm busy at work and your feelings are annoying to me. Bye. (laughs) Meanwhile, meanwhile, Craig T. Nelson has taken like weeks off of work. Yeah, and they're so, like, where have you been? We've missed you. That's why I really love Poltergeist because like after that, after watching his performance in Poltergeist, I'm like, wow, parents are shitty. <laughs> like the way <laughs> these two parents are, they just work so well together. They support each other. You know, he was like, I will never let go. Unfortunately, he does let go. But, you know, I don't think his wife ever had a doubt in her mind that she, that he would purposefully let her die. Whereas, I was like, did he really let go or never let go of her in his heart ew (laughs) just ew ew abby also like very melodramatically like cuffed her shoulder (laughs) and uh, a sweeping romantic gesture with just oh dear god you um i love you so much i just wish i could get on that level i cannot um but yes no it's true the family dynamics are perfect this movie this movie um I was thinking about like which movie is it it's not 
Oh, so, okay. Sorry. Brain. I had a total brain bomb there. I watched that, um, that journey. <laughs> thank you. Um, I was thinking about it because I was like, what movie was it? Cause it was a movie that actually kind of like actually frightened me when I watched it and it was dark skies. So I was thinking about like all the weird stuff that happens, like where furniture is rearranged or things are being rearranged and no one can figure out how or why or whatever. Um, the way that they do it in Poltergeist, again, still so well done for the 80s. Um, but yeah, like just having it go from like funnily stacked chairs to Carol Ann sliding across the floor with nothing to all of a sudden like, oh, your closet has turned into a portal to another dimension where demons await you and also the tree is going to reach in and grab you and all of your deepest darkest fears are going to be realized your deepest darkest fears are realized for this whole family really if i had watched this movie as a youth that tree would have sent me into an existential crisis even further than anything because i remember distinctly you remember that brothers Grimm movie that came out it was kind of bad yeah. We were in high school. Yeah, the one with uh, Heath Ledger and uh, the other one. What's his face? <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, I can't remember who else it was. Right? I just remember. Huh? That wasn't Jude Law, was it? Oh, yeah, it was. I was, was like, it? it was two people who looked similar, but like, I, I only remember Heath Ledger. But I do, I remember. No, I think you're right. I'm almost positive you're correct. I got nightmares after watching that movie because there's that scene where the tree roots come up and they like entangle themselves. And I had a very vivid nightmare for weeks afterwards about tree vines. So watching Poltergeist, I was like, if I had watched this any sooner, I would be scarred from trees for the rest of my entire existence. Like there's something about roots and tree systems that absolutely terrify me. Absolutely horrifying sometimes. Is it just like the ancient nature of them? Sorry, I shouldn't have said it like that. I mean, mother, grandmother Willow and Pocahontas don't feel any afraid, fear for her. She's fine. She's just, she's a Willow and she's just like batting away racists. I don't know. She's just flapping her vines around. It's fine. She also speaks though. That's creepy enough. I wouldn't want to be going around like in the wilderness and all of a sudden a fucking tree starts talking to me. But you know, maybe that's just Maybe that's just me. <laughs> but she has a nice grandmother oh. voice. Poltergeist tree. Yes. I'm just going to get into your room and swallow you whole. Fine. I know. Um, also, just to like to throw it back to confirm, uh, it, funny fact, fun fact, it's Heath Ledger and Matt Damon. Go, no, oh, figure. But um, hang on. Hang the on. way. Hang on. Yep. Mandela yep, effect. It, Is this a Mandela effect that's going on? Because I could swear to God. <laughs> Well, so it's funny because the way that Heath Ledger's hair is, he's definitely wearing a wig and it looks like how Heath, so Matt, sorry, the way Matt Damon's hair is wearing a wig, it's very swoopy and like fall in your face like Heath Ledger's was at that time period, whereas Heath Ledger has like closely cropped hair and like a scruffy beard and glasses a la Jude Law in like half of his films. So I think he just had a small existential crisis. And we're thinking about their characters in the film and correlating them to the actors themselves. But I'm you know, horrified I right that. now. Like that is, I know, I'm not okay with this information, and I need to process this. I'm sorry, way. I don't like that. My bad. Matt Damon. Matt Damon. Matt Damon. Matt Damon. I know. <laughs> Aren't you so glad I showed you that video? Um, <laughs> if you're, oh my god, if you're young or you've been living under a rock the uh jimmy kimmel sarah silverman like they were dating but they're really were weird with each other like they were so weird they with were each other, very but, um, weird with each other they were so weird with each other and sarah silverman did a video that was like i'm fucking matt damon, I'm fucking matt damon. <laughs> um i'm fucking matt damon and then uh, <laughs> and then like not long after it i don't know if they'd like broken up or what because again that whole relationship is very odd and then uh, Jimmy Kimmel came back and did one that was like, I'm fucking Ben Affleck. And it just, <laughs> yeah, it was great. Anywho, I don't even know where the hell we were prior <laughs> to Extreme <laughs> Tangent. Well, yeah, no, no kidding. That is the title of this episode, but like, we bringing it all the way back to like Brothers Grimm. I just, anyway, whatever. I'm just going to keep moving forward <laughs> about 
about poltergeist. Um, it it really does realize every single one of their fears. Like I don't, I think that's why it, the movie is so creepy and so like oh dear god because a parent's worst nightmare is their child being taken from them. A child's worst nightmare is being like separated from their parents and not being able to find them. Mm -hmm. Um, But also silly things like whatever lives under your bed, the toys that stare at you in the middle of the night. As somebody who- clown. Yeah. So as somebody who, as somebody who um, had like, I had an army of stuffed animals. The more anxious I was and the more scared I was of whatever could like come into my room, or be under my bed I would surround myself with stuffed animals and I had a stuffed animal army and I firmly believe that if anything tried to come after me in the night my stuffed animals would in fact save me <laughs> okay was it realistic absolutely not did I have a very overactive imagination Excellent. yes I did that's what happens when you have a child with anxiety <laughs> however that clown shit a hundred percent great child a child's great fear not to mention whatever it is that lives in your closet and oh wait it's a demon portal to the place that is not quite hell, but sounds like hell regardless. It sounds like hell, but also like the worst part of, pol- uh, not poltergeist, um, purgatory. Like yeah. That, that in between, like uh, when you're sent from purgatory to hell, that is the portal. Uh, were, it's yeah, like they're I stuck mean, in that place and they're not aware that they're dead. So I guess it's like that interim where you're just like, I still live here. This is my life. This is who I am. Well, that's it. She describes it where she's like, some people like know that they're dead, but they don't want to go. Some don't know that they're dead. And some think that this is a horrible, horrible place. And they're scared to move on because what if it's more horrible? And I'm like, all of those things are upsetting. That's extremely Um, upsetting. Yeah. None of those options are good. I don't like any of those. I like it. Yeah. um, One of my Um, notes in all caps is why the clown doll at all question mark question mark question mark and why the clown a few lines later <laughs> i hate that clown doll it's like it's never just like a cute clown doll like you would usually give a child it is literally satan reincarnated clown doll it is the creepiest possible thing that you could ever like find on the store and they were like this is fine it's three feet tall <laughs> and we'll just put it on yeah. there facing the bed because that's a good idea i was just gonna say we're gonna put it on the rocking chair so i can just sleep on you in the night very edward planning is that style, but like evil i mean like you know growing up i would always like imagine the random lumps and shapes in the room to be demons so like i can't yeah. imagine what having a three-foot doll would do to me <laughs> uh well it would probably kill you in it the would. night. It would have killed me. Yeah, I mean, for being realistic, that, that's probably what would happen. That's how that works. <laughs> Those are your options. Yeah. Um, another sh- note that I had in my phone was near the, after, you know, um, the mom gets out of the bathtub, everything's fine. They're all winding down. They're about to leave. She has that glorious silver streak in her hair, which I was like, holy fuck, I want that. I want this glorious streak of silver in my hair. It looks gorgeous. But she's lying lying in bed and then suddenly the demons start doing weird shit again. And they pull her like up up the wall or whatever. But also the note that I have is, why did we need the underwear upshot? It's literally like straight on looking at her vulva. And it's like, why did we need that? Well, here's the thing. Is it her, is it that she's having her nightgown yanked up? Like she's going to be violated? Because if we're thinking about common themes in horror films. Yeah, because it's like, they, they, like the, her husband's gone. She just took a very sensual bath, apparently, by herself. She's wearing <laughs> just underwear and a t-shirt. So obviously she has to be like, like, I don't know. It felt Excuse me, that sensual... Um, as somebody who loves a good sensual bath, um, I'm oh, gonna... Yeah. I love that for her. I was like, this woman is living her best life right now. She this is. the best bathtub or whatever. But I, that specific shot... Yeah. ...was unnecessary to me. And I was like, this is... I'm out of it right now. This really, like, threw me out of the chaos that is happening to her. And I was like, I don't like this anymore. <laughs> I felt icky watching it. 
Yeah, I felt icky watching it. I forgot that that was in there. I was, I shouldn't have forgotten because it is in fact also parodied in Scary Movie. Yeah. So you'd think I would have remembered that that was in there. But I also didn't remember a lot from this movie because it's been a really long time since I've watched this. Yeah. And um, I feel like with, on, on par with other horror films, at least from what I've seen so far, that would have only been necessary if they were following the theme of sluts get killed. And the mother is never sexually promiscuous. She never flirts with any other men. Therefore, it it doesn't hold up to me to have this weird shot of her vagina for no fucking reason. Like, it's literally for no reason. <laughs> so it's no, like, it they were going along the lines of like, well, she talked to, you know, her husband's boss and like winked at him one day. Ew. You know, Sorry. it's like, <laughs> Oh, who cares? Even if she has, exactly. No. Where, but it's like you know, it was the eighties, so they would have definitely been like, "Oh, she's a harlot." <laughs> but it, like, it, it was it was just one brief, like two second shot where it really threw me out of it, and I was like, "Hang on, I don't like this." <laughs> yeah, I mean, the scary movie parody of it is actually inarguably better than that really? whole thing. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. Like everybody, just go Google that. I mean, I'm not saying like pirate the movie, but like pirate the movie. I feel like this um, movie producers would be on board with pirating of their movie. Oh, a hundred percent. Are you kidding? <laughs> I mean, like, by the end, by the end, they gave no fucks. They let Charlie Sheen stay on. Yeah, that was their doing. That was their fault. So you know, pirate their films. It'll be fine. Um, I never said that. Never said that. But it's not recorded. Or yeah, it's not. No, it's not going into a public forum <laughs> at all. Um, but however, the point is, is that the scary movie parody of it is actually quite hilarious um, because Tori's selling. <laughs> because Tori's selling, I guess. She's you know. <laughs> it's because it was Tori selling. Um, but there, yeah, there were a lot of really like, like just weird and frightening moments in that movie. Again, it's not it's not a gory film it's not a like it's not a why the heck is this happening what the what we got no reasonable understanding or conclusion um it is but it is it is a creepy crazy film oh yeah and I love the like that that small brief interlude because there are so rarely quiet moments in horror films particularly in the middle of the action like I I forgot how how quickly the action starts in the movie like I didn't realize I forgot that the opening is literally Carol Ann being like talking to the TV yeah like what um I forgot that that was I thought there was more introduction but it's because that happens through the whole film so there's action and I don't want to say like build up but build up through the whole film and then when we, you know, we start to see really intense action, there's that beautiful pause in the center where they get very existential about life and death yes. and why things happen while explaining thing. it to Robbie. Yes. Where they're all, with, I, unfortunately, like I was listening to it through my AirPods and Ivy, um, he works in a call center. So he was kind of talking in the background. So I had to be like leaning in and pressing my AirPods into my eardrums and being like, What? <laughs> <laughs> no, I really did like that scene because they're literally literally explaining like death and afterlife to a child but you are as the audience are also experiencing that revelation it's just so incredibly well explained it's it's a lovely poignant moment in an otherwise deeply upsetting film not upsetting I shouldn't say I say deeply upsetting usually when I'm like very disturbed I guess I should say deeply spooky film. It is. Um, but I love that whole moment. And I, of course, watched it alone in a hotel room in silence on the top floor on the end. <laughs> so there was like nobody, there's like nobody near me um, because I request for that. Unlike normal where, you know, I'm the social one. Uh, when I am alone in a hotel room, I want everyone to be gone and no one near me. So it was nice and quiet while I watched that. Um, but I still, yeah, it's such a good scene. Such a good scene. It was really nice. And I, I really liked that because it, especially because they're all whispering at the, like, it kind of enhances mm-hmm. the, the dread of it all. 
if they had been talking yeah. in normal tones, it would have been like, yeah, this is just another conversation. But the whispering really just enhances the, oh my God, this is super serious and this is very scary. It's just because they don't want to wake anybody up, but it's, it really just yeah. like gives you that like, you have to be like really quiet and whisper about this. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's very much a nighttime scene. And that's what I love about this film. Even though you can't really see the outside, you know it's nighttime. Mm-hmm. It's always night. You you know, you know when it's nighttime. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that, yeah, I think honestly my favorite horror films are the ones where like, not where it's like quiet because they're going to have a jump scare, but where it's just quiet to be quiet. Because the Exorcist, we said, was yeah. a super quiet movie. But even your next, like the quiet moments are the ones where like, yeah it just it make I think quiet moments make a horror film it does is that a bold statement am I gonna say am I gonna say that yeah I'm because like sure the violins do something for you sometimes a a jarring piano noise whatever but it's mostly like when you can hear your own breath it just makes everything like more terrifying because now you're in the moment with that character and you're like oh we have to be quiet (laughs) yeah no, I agree. I love it. I agree. You're right about the like taking a, a breath with the with the char- character. Like sometimes I found myself moment. doing that, and I'm like, <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> all right, Abby, resident gasper. I uh, am resident gasper. Except I did gasp at the appropriate appropriate moments in this movie. Oh, that's but, the one thing I wish is I wish I could have watched you watch that movie because I had to I had to be quiet because Ivy was working. <laughs> no, <laughs> and to be like Ivy, stop working. <laughs> and I was like, at one point, I knew he wasn't on the phone, but I went, "Oh my god!" <laughs> oh my god! Thankfully, he ignored me because he was just like, "I'm busy. Don't talk to me." Also, one of my favorite quotes that I wrote down in my notes is, uh, in all caps, "The house is coming." <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's Robbie who says that it's near the end. But he's like, the house is coming. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, in the wrong context, that whole quote. Um, yeah, this movie is super, yeah, this movie is super excellent, just on also, a variety of fronts. Even though you know the bodies that are coming up out of the ground are not moving, they're not zombies. It is still absolutely fucking terrifying to find yourself in an empty swimming pool cutout, dig out area, and there's just skeletons floating around you. I know. Oh and that was. And so, um, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, that was like, that is horrifying. It is. But, um, the one of the things that, like, was somewhat sus about this movie, or there were like whispers, is that, um, that Steven Spielberg used actual skeletons. Now, we don't know whether that was accurate or not. I feel, I feel like I heard that where at least like a skull was real and people were trying to say like Poltergeist was a cursed movie because he used like a real human skull. Because okay, I'm sorry, that movie was cursed for a variety of reasons and I don't know necessarily if it was just because of that. Are you gonna tell us about the curse of the Poltergeist movie? Oh, I literally have like a bunch of information regarding the Poltergeist movie because, like, this, I, I need to hear. All I mean, it's. I need to. I need to. Read <laughs> <all>. <laughs> oh my god! As she clutches a blanket closer, and now are you going to get a pillow? <laughs> <I'm not. laughs> okay, I'm here. Yeah, I clutched my blanket. <laughs> oh my god! No, you didn't get a pillow. You got more wine, which honestly is even better than what I was expecting. Um, more wine as she lovingly holds it against her face. This is called Girl and Dragon. It's a Malbec. And it's got a pretty dragon. Is it Game of Thrones inspired? That's the vibe that I'm getting. I don't know. It's an Argentinian wine. Okay. It says Be Fearless. So I didn't think that this was a Spielberg. You said Spielberg movie, but like I feel like there's still confusion as to whether Spielberg directed this movie or not because it's he was also filming 
so it did but like I don't I don't know um because he was also he was also filming E.T. at the same time and actually like Drew Barrymore auditioned for the role of Carol Ann and yes. then he put her in E.T. yeah he put her in E.T. instead hmm. I wonder how this um, would have affected her differently if she was in Poltergeist and not E.T. you know I don't know but I also love the like way back in the day when ratings were just like a guideline and half of it you were just like this should have been R why was it PG um I feel that way about Poltergeist because they originally gave it an R rating because PG-13 didn't exist yet and um I it should not have been PG anyway um I know a lot of anyway nowadays because there's like smoking or there's smoking involved and that's because they want to deter people from like smoking yeah well um so several people died during and soon after the filming of this movie so the first and like closest was um Dominique Dunn who played Dana was murdered by her ex-boyfriend her boyfriend ex-boyfriend yeah like five months after the movie premiered excuse the fuck out of me what yeah murdered why she was murdered by him yeah he she like broke up with him and he went to like ask her quote unquote ask her to take him back and ended up choking her until she died what's the actual fuck so i'm gonna go with did not go just to ask her to take him back because how do you go from being like let me come date me some more to i'm gonna murder you because choking is not like, it's not like shooting a gun where you're like, oops, I did it, and now I regret it. Like, you have to hold on to choke somebody. Not that I know anything about it, but from what I've heard, like, choking is such an, an intimate way to kill somebody because you have to, like, Ugh. look at them while they they lose consciousness, you know? So, yeah, he definitely went there to murder her and if she had taken him back then maybe he wouldn't have murdered her that night probably later on yeah i mean i don't know anyway so dominique dunn died five months after the premiere i know so horrible um and then younger than 20 at that time too right uncertain i'm not sure how old she was well i'll have to look that up but um so Heather O'Rourke, who played Carol Ann, uh, was six when the first film came out, and she died by 12 because of misdiagnosed Crohn's disease. Oh. Oh, yeah. So she had, like, had went into cardiac arrest. They were doing an operation for bowel obstruction, certain, like, and then all these terrible, terrible things happened. Um, so she got sepsis. Huh? What really surprised me was I told Ivy that I was going to be watching Poltergeist and Ivy is not he, like he doesn't commit things to memory as much as like I do so he like it surprised me that he remembered not only Poltergeist but he went oh yeah Carol Ann and I was like you never remember characters names or actresses or anything like that and the fact that he pulled that out I was like who are you but I figured out that it is because there's a misfit song called Carol Ann. Oh, cheating. <laughs> I just not here to defend himself, so I guess I can't like ridicule him too much, but cheating. He, 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 he has watched Poltergeist, so it could be that he's remembered Poltergeist, but as soon as I saw that there was a misfit song called Carol Ann, I was like, that's probably it. Yeah, I mean, in all fairness, they're like, Carol Ann, Carol Ann. They do call her name very aggressively throughout the film. It's never just uh, Carol. It's not Anne. It's Carol Ann. Carol Ann. Um, because we, we white people love a double name. Um, anyway, so then there's also Julian Beck and Will Sampson. Uh, but those are actors who did characters from other movies in the series. Um, Beck got stomach cancer um, and died pretty soon after the second movie. And then um, Will Sampson, who played a Native American shaman, 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 however you want to pronounce that. Um, I say shaman in my head, but 
I don't think that's the correct pronunciation. Uh, so somebody correct me. Um, and he uh, died after um, having a heart lung transplant, but it doesn't have a very high survival rate. And back then neither did stomach cancer. Oh, so, that's except for the actors who played Dana. It sounds like a lot of them are like disease related. So that's kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, a lot of them are like, while they were in surgery or like, um, you know, things that are intestinal or digestive related, like stomach cancer and an intestinal issue. Mm -hmm. um, intestinal stenosis. That was a Heather O'Rourke had. Um, anyhow, so, I mean, not to be cavalier about that, but just trying to move forward with all the weird stuff in that movie. Yeah. or these movies um again still the prolific uh rumor that spielberg used actual human skeletons in an attempt to save money i feel and, like um people were like oh it was like like it grew into the thing where it's like oh yeah he used an actual native american skeleton so that's why the movie was scarce blah 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 and it's like yeah. is it true <laughs> i mean i don't think it was native american skeletons specifically yeah. but it wouldn't surprise me if it was easier to buy a cadaver skeleton from like a medical facility it was yeah I, that's the thing like in the 60s 70s and 80s like all that honestly any time in the film industry prior to like now all bets were off like you do whatever the fuck you want you ruin the natural landscape you racially profile everyone, you lie, barter, cheat, steal, sleep your way through everything, you abuse people. It was like an unparalleled shitstorm um, oh, over yeah. there. So, and I'm, I'm reading um, right now, and the I'm not even that far into it, but the amount of racial slurs so far i was like oh my god can you chill can you relax a little bit because he literally mm -hmm. just mentioned and there was a black ma male gardener who sexually assaulted seven wealthy white women is like why are you like this you don't need to write this did you know that Maybe you just stop talking <laughs> hello mr white man how about you just don't speak right now <laughs> Yeah, so anyway, um, carry on. Yep, here we are. Um, and then finally, last but not least, I'm sure, um, Samson, the real-life medicine man who played the Native American shaman, uh, did in fact perform an authentic exorcism after shooting off one night because we weren't feeling creepy enough. Um, so no idea if that actually had an impact on the film, but I'm sure it just spooked everyone um yeah and I got that information from a website that I just accidentally closed out of so <laughs> love it love it uh we'll figure it out hang on hang on it was mental floss yeah okay thank you mental floss thank you mental floss. um thank you mental floss if you need oh no some of that from mental floss not all of it okay well i can't figure out where the other website was so you know here we are oh she was 22 when she died the girl who played dana yeah dominique dunn poor baby so she's 22 yikes that's so scary it was upsetting that is like that, that's like the most upsetting thing <laughs> yeah well the two the two young girls who were in the first movie like tragically die it's disturbing maybe that's why um, latched on to oh it's a curse now because two young women died because because of it you know quote unquote and it's like well we sorry go ahead no 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 i was done <laughs> i was gonna say like weird stuff happened on set too like that like scary fucking animatronic clown um nearly almost killed oliver robbins the kid who plays robbie I, I um, hate that clown. Whenever we watch it, I'm going to be upset the entire time. Okay, so I have watched uh, the 
watching it part one. I have not watched Tim Curry's version or it part two. Oh, see, okay. Watch Tim Curry's version just because it's iconic, like that whole series. And also, it's iconic, Curry, yeah. especially because it was a mini series. Huh? I love that man. I love him so much. Yes, we love Tim Curry. He is a good horror, he has a good horror heart. Um, but like the mini original mini series is iconic and like several of the actors have cameos in the new it. Um, it part one is the the new movie, it part one is phenomenal. It was really and good. I just never got around to watching the second one. Well, don't just don't. Okay. Excuse me. That was gross. Yeah, just don't don't watch it. <laughs> um just don't watch it. It was bad. Okay. It was bad. The, it shouldn't have been bad. Is it because, because they were adults? No, that's the thing. It shouldn't have been bad because they were adults. Like that, the casting they had was phenomenal. It was thought on mwah, perfection, chef's kiss in that, that casting. The dialogue was terrible, which is on the writers. They tried to take the ritual that they do as children and make them do it as adults, which again, does not have the same effect. Um, not to mention they butchered it horribly. Uh, then again, Stephen King is a maniac and that movie is deeply disturbing on a variety of levels. Um, but then they also like added a bunch of things they didn't need to. They like tried to do it in flashback form, but then the kids were too old. So they like, digitally age them down which made some of them look really wonky like it, it was just bad it was just bad they added other elements they didn't need to add they did keep the gay bashing scene and in the middle just like what hated it it was just it was just really bad it was just really bad I would not I would not recommend it I might watch it with a bottle of wine just don't watch it like this is one where I'm telling you free pass do not watch it okay in fact I'm encouraging you not to watch it and don't tarnish the first with the shittiness of the second uh, on on our list I have it 1991 and new question mark <laughs> so I guess no so it part I mean we can watch but we can watch both we can watch the mini series and the new version unless you want do you want to do that together or do you want to split it out into two Oh, that's a good question. Oh, I mean, we can watch part two. I just, <laughs> we should also read, the, like, if we're really going to do that, we need to read the book. I mean, we don't need to read the book. I can tell you what happens in the book. So we don't have to do the book. Oh, my God. That's what I'm saying. There's a lot of things that go into doing it. That's a thick-ass book. Oh, another actor was in a, Richard Lawson was in a plane crash also. I think I feel like I've heard something about like it, it, the way that poltergeist deaths were have been explained to me. It's always been like random occurrences. Everybody's in tragedy. Somebody's murdered. There's a plane crash. Oh, blah 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 blah. I don't know. They were like all the people felt like they were being haunted. Like one of the women said that a picture on her apartment kept shifting. Her apartment wall kept shifting, and then. The, the author who was novelizing the movie like has said his building was struck by lightning and then his video games started playing themselves and then the director Gil Keenan was like um while he was making the, the remake uh said that lights kept flickering on and off for no reason and equipment only worked in certain parts I just think of Spongebob in that episode where they're like, and the lights like, like, like they're on and off. Nosferatu. Uh, <laughs> oh. I love Spongebob. Yeah, I mean, there have been a lot of horror films that have come out since then, but that is definitely like the, the newest quote-unquote that we've watched together, or at least done for this podcast. And Yes, uh, just to plug real quick, um, our friend pod friends are Greg and Denny, and they host the podcast Movies for When. So they go through three movies per week, and those movies are based on a theme. So the most recent one was Movies for When um, You Want a Self-Aware Scare. 
which was a very good episode. Like I really liked it. They went through Cabin in the Woods, um, Funny Games, and and Scream. Scream, which Alexa. I was going to say I saw the poster, and I was like, these were excellent choices. I couldn't have picked them better myself. And I do have Scream and um, Cabin in the Woods on our list. I have seen Scream, and I do really like it. But Cabin in the Woods, I have not watched. So I told Denny like. I, I did listen to the episode and I'm pretty sure you were lying to me because there's no fucking way any of that happens in that movie because that sounds absolutely insane. <laughs> it is that shit. That movie is straight up that shit. I love it so much. Like I went, I went in knowing absolutely nothing. Like I didn't even know. I was like a horror film that I haven't seen previews for. Like, oh my God, we've got to go. Let's go watch it. Let's see it. <laughs> um, it was a hundred percent worth it. No, I didn't even know Chris Hemsworth was in it. I knew literally nothing about this film they were just like it's called cabin in the woods it looks pretty good let's go watch it and I was like all right like literally went in and this is that's crazy for me considering I used to like obsessively watch trailers for new films coming out like I always knew when a horror film was on the scene I did absolutely no research knew nothing about it was super amped to go see it because I was like I know nothing and I love going in blind Mm -hmm. and it not only delivered it like it, it over delivered it was phenomenal so that's on our list we'll watch that at some point soon Hopefully. oh my god <laughs> so, there aren't enough days Ugh. so uh i just wanted to give a quick shout out to greg and denny they've been endlessly supportive of us and they've been such lovely pod friends they gave us a shout out on their show so oh my gosh it's been amazing somebody like i like somebody I like rarely talked to messaged me and was like, listen to the pod. It was so good. And I was like, oh my God, you didn't. Although I have um, text uh, after that episode aired um, saying Alexia's opinion on hereditary is wrong. <laughs> who was that? I'll tell you. Who was it? <laughs> no, I need to know. I need to know. Um, my opinion is not wrong because an opinion cannot be wrong. However, However, I laugh so much that I like two people who don't know each other at all whatsoever texted me and they're like, like, this is wrong. <laughs> well, I'm not wrong. I'm not wrong. I'm sorry. I stick by what I said. Hereditary was garbage. Yeah. <laughs> so I, thought that I will was- not apologize. But other than that, we get some very delightful feedback from everybody, friends, family. Yeah, it's been awesome, actually. It. It's crazy how many people have actually listened just because they love us. And I appreciate that so much. So if you're listening because you love us, thank you. Our we love you too. Really surprising. And I'm like, oh my God, people are actually listening to us. It's kind of terrifying. Yeah, I thought it was just going to be like, like three views. One of them being me, one of them being you, and like another being like maybe Denny and Greg again, because they're I lovely it was human beings. Be my mother. <laughs> I really thought it was just going to be like my mom just like, clicking and refreshing and clicking and refreshing <laughs> my family does not know how to do podcasts and they don't have spotify and they don't really social media other than leah and that's all instagram and yeah actually karen's all instagram too so like i don't believe that they they've listened and i'm sure that they haven't but like all the i there are definitely friends who texted me saying they listen so thank you Yay. thank you guys Yay! we talked a lot this we episode. love you there's been a lot of wine. There's been a lot of tangents, but I'm glad that we were all here to watch this movie together. Yes. Or listen to our description of this movie since you don't like horror films, but you love us. So. And as somebody who is a newbie and terrified of everything, I give this film two thumbs up because one's the Steven Spielberg, two family dynamics and three, it's just delightful. I just love this movie. I always have. It was one of my first horror films and no regrets. No regrets. And you know what? Maybe that's what, like, just to wrap it up and to bring it back to Hereditary for a second, because I feel like I need to defend my opinion now. Um, I don't because my opinion is correct, but like, whatever. Because um, now that people have said I'm wrong, I'm just going to go ahead and say I'm that I'm right just to be difficult. Um, that being said, like, I think that's probably why, though, like, if you came to horror films not as a child, which I did, which seriously, who was watching me? Who let me do these things as a kid? Oh, Karen. Um, if you like, she'll be fine. 
no I mean she knew I was she knew I was fine she knew I also like had this morbid fascination with things that were terrifying anyway um so I think she was just like all right let's do it in a controlled setting um you know I watched all of these films in order like a lot of the older ones I did see as a younger Mm -hmm. kid and as all the newer ones I saw as they came out right 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 so I think that that's probably why I feel the way that I feel about them and why I think hereditary is like something that was totally done before a thousand times before gotcha because I also did like horror I mean, come on, I learned to read on the Goosebumps books. Like, let's be real. I, I, whatever. Nothing, nothing is original anymore, except for like maybe, maybe, except for maybe Cabin in the Woods, just because like what the, what the actual fuck was that movie? Um, even though it like played upon a bunch of tropes, like the actual way that that movie goes down, very different, very fascinating, um, deeply original, but even Poltergeist was based off of a Twilight Zone episode. Yeah. So nothing is original. Everything's overdone. As uh, Bo Burnham I still think that you can do it. Art is a lie. Nothing is real. Thank you, Bo Burnham, for my next existential crisis. <laughs> uh, anyway, that's all I'm going to say on that. Well, I guess we'll have to watch Hereditary and you can decide for yourself. Yeah. <laughs> we'll leave that up anyway. to you guys to figure out. But in <laughs> comments, questions... Uh, suggestions for us to watch please email us our email is we're watching pod at gmail.com that's we're watching with no apostrophe because that's not how we're watching we're we're watching we're we're werewolves (laughs) we're werewolves and you can also follow us please on instagram our instagram is we're watching horror um our twitter is watching underscore horror and Facebook, you should be able to find it as we're watching horror. You can you can add an apostrophe in that one if you want to. So, huzzah! Huzzah! We did it. Time. Um, we will also post book recommendations based on the theme of the movies that we're watching. So keep your eye out for that because we are both book nerds. We are. We love a good recommendation, although like. Some of mine go a little sideways and they're not always like super on theme. Oh, that's fine. So the good. one that I picked for The Exorcist was just a possession story. So it wasn't quite about an exorcism. It was just kind of like how possession starts. Well, yeah, mine was like the sacrifice box is about like like how your your experiences and what how you like oh this is a really difficult description but like how your experiences and how you do things in anger or in joy like inform how you then essentially are haunted in this case but like it's really inform how you like move forward so it's more thinking about haunting of a friendship or haunting of people and like exercise people being possessed by the reason why they did something okay wow that was a really poor description but just read the book you'll get it it'll be no spoilers fine. no spoilers <laughs> it'll be fine yes okay. but yes yeah, so cool check us out on the social media we upload every wednesday we love you all thanks for listening and remember we're watching we're watching <laughs> bye